Now, just a quick disclaimer uh, before we get started. Uh, myself and Michael Flaherty would never disappear willingly. If we do look into the organizations that may be associated with this movie, we would never willingly disappear without letting people know. Now that we got that part out of the way, guys, welcome to the Messed Up at Midnight podcast, the show that wishes they made sci-fi movies like they used to. I'm your host, Max Steele, and as always, I'm joined by my own strange Scientologist. It's Michael Flaherty, everyone. I am not going to confirm that I'm a Scientologist, and I am not going to say anything negative or inflammatory. It's good to see you, Max. How have you been? <laughs> we're 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 going to try our hardest not to get a uh, not to get got uh, with this podcast because <laughs> <laughs> if it happens, just know. <laughs> Just, just know, just know that neither one of us intentionally want to go missing. None of us want to go return to monkey. Exactly. So we're continuing John Travolta month today. We're going into the 90s. The 90s was really the year of John Travolta. You know, he was mm-hmm. in Pulp Fiction. He was in Get Shorty. He was in Face Off, The Thin Red Line, which I haven't seen, but I've also heard good things about. And what does he choose to, what does he choose as his movie to bring him in to the 21st century? Battlefield Earth, which if you don't know, it's one of the most notoriously bad movies ever made, which is about these tyrannical aliens who have overtaken the human race in the year 3000 and shit is about to go down. <laughs> I'm just, I hate, oh my God. Yeah, it's, you know what? In John Travolta's filmography, he he had his ups and downs leading up to this point. I'm sure, and, and to anyone, any of the listeners who know John Travolta's filmography, we've skipped over a lot because oh yeah. Oh yeah. there's a lot, a lot of time passed between Saturday Night Favor, fantastic movie, and Battlefield mm-hmm. Earth, movie. Uh, it's approximately like 20 some odd years and John Travolta, that entire time went from superstar to has been to being in Pulp Fiction to being a superstar again. And he just rides, rides the wave mm-hmm. until it hits a brick wall. That is Battlefield Earth. Now, I do want to point out that, like, when looking at John Travolta's, like, filmography, again, the 90s was kind of like, you know, motherfucking Pulp Fiction. And he was in some awesome movies during that time that I mentioned. But it's around this time where shit just kind of begins to like start heading downward. Like it's not looking good. Like from the, after this point, you know, keep in mind from when this movie came out to today, over 20 years ago about the only th- good thing John Travolta was in per rotten tomato. I'm going off of statistics here, which, you know, they're not everything to be fair was hairspray, which was a musical. He voiced bolt in the animated film. Um, in a Valley of Violence, a Western that made $60,000 at the box office. Yeah. And, oh the people ver- and the people versus OJ Simpson, which, you know, fair. That was a very good miniseries. But th- that, those like four movies compared to the 20 fucking years he's had since Battlefield Earth. That's why I really think this was kind of like the downward swing of John Travolta. See, see, exactly. I couldn't agree more because initially when I was looking at John Travolta's timeline, I I thought it was when like from Paris with Love and Taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3 
like mm-hmm. came around, that's when I was like, oh, that's when it began to dip. But, you know, looking back on it, outside of freaking Hairspray and Bolt, dude, it's kind of, that's kind of it. I have not seen the people versus O.J. Simpson, so mm-hmm. I literally cannot talk to it. You know, so, it really makes me, me really makes you well. think that uh, O.J. didn't do it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but if, with a straight but if he if he if he did, if he did, he would write a book about it titled If I Did It. <laughs> oh my god. But okay, moving away from OJ, like this is this is it's it's weird that you see someone slip this hard and not mm-hmm. recover. Like I haven't felt that level this level of weight from someone's career changing. Past like uh, Mike Myers in The Love Guru. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how, like, that is, we're talking that level of 180s mm-hmm. in career trajectory. Speaking of, uh, if you just need an idea of how bad this movie is, like, it has been on lists, it has ruined careers, but, you know, it fits with the theme of our month. And if you know us, you know we love our Razzies, and boy, did this movie win big. <laughs> It won Worst Picture, Worst Actor for John Travolta, Worst Supporting Actor for Barry Pepper, the guy who played Johnny, Worst Supporting Actress for Kelly Preston, who played Shirk or someone, Uh, Worst Screen Couple for John Travolta and anyone sharing the screen with him, Worst Director for Roger Christian, and Worst Screenplay by uh, Corey um, Mandel and J. David Shapiro. And by the way, I feel like I should also note that Forrest Whitaker was nominated for Worst Supporting Actor, but Barry Pepper won instead. So, you know, good for him, I guess. But we're not done with the Razzies because it also won more Razzies in later years. It won Worst Drama of Our First 25 Years and Worst Picture of the Decade from 2000 to 2009. That that oh says my, a lot. It, it it beat glitter. It dude it 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 beat the two thousands. <laughs> it beat. Oh my god! That wow wow. It, it's that put puts a whole lot of perspective on this movie because I'm sure plenty of people have heard us rant and rave about damn glitter. Oh, and it also, but, but it did beat Geely. Oh, it beat Geely too. Oh, how could I forget yeah, the, yeah. the the romance comedy of the ages? Geely. It's, oh my god, this is so bad. It really is really bad. And what what stings even more is the fact that this was a passion project. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. every time every time an actor or a or a director or anyone else tries to put out a passion project, I as a viewer always, as long as they're sane, like to put like a certain level of like respect towards it. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. so you like this, you put your whole heart and soul into this. And this means like, this means almost everything to you. Like uh, mm-hmm. Martin, was it Martin Scorsese who did silence? I think it was, but, mm-hmm. but the one about the monks in Japan, yeah. that mm-hmm. was like a passion project that was over 20 years in the making. Great. Loved it. Put a lot of care into it. I really went into it with an open mind. Pleasantly surprised. Oh my god! I went in with an open mind to this, and Jesus, it hurt. <laughs> Look, oh my this, god! It was like this movie it was like is a teeth. dude. This movie is a far cry from what Travolta said about it in a couple of interviews, calling it the Schindler's List of science fiction. 
And this is my favorite. No, no, no. This is my favorite. Like Star Wars, only better. I'm like, bro. This, dude, bro. He's, he's hyping himself up. He's huffing, he's huffing some, some copium over here. He called it. It's, you know, it takes a lot of takes a lot of cojones to sit there and unironically look an interviewer in the face and mention Schindler's List in the same sentence as your sci-fi movie. Like, oh my god. And especially after watching this movie, the fact that the fact that that's even mentioned and also Star Wars shitting on Star Wars like, okay, all right, back the hell up. <laughs> Yeah, and getting away from Travolta here for a second, I want to look at the directors and the writers real quick. The director of this movie, Roger Christian, he had a long career of working behind the scenes and taking like different roles like as a set director or art director. He worked as a set director actually on Star Wars Episode Four and a second unit director on Episode Six and The Phantom Menace and even on an art, as an art director in Life of Brian and Alien. But John Travolta did offer the directing helm to one Quentin Tarantino and naturally he declined, which you know, would have loved to have seen Quentin Tarantino take this, take this movie just to see what would happen. Just to see how many alien Dude, feet we get in this movie. It's, I was about to say, it's a lot of feet. It's going to have seventies funk music and it's going to involve someone, some, some, some third person, party narrator <laughs> it's i mean but honestly i think it's uh, tarantino just made the best film judo move by like dodging out of the way of of that directing role because good lord dude that could have been this, just a fucking insane film if we got battlefield that, that would have been quentin tarantino <laughs> as directed by quentin tarantino that's that would make it slightly cooler, but I don't think that would save it. No, absolutely not. <laughs> if I'm being not. honest with you. <laughs> and let's look at the screenwriter, uh, Corey Mandel. And he, I've watched a, I watched an interview with him, and he seems very like self-aware about the project. You know, he oh was a screenwriter God. that was trying to get scripts made, but they just kind of fell through because he needed a star. He was like, he saw that John Travolta was attached to this movie, and you know, he had bad luck of getting some scripts off the ground. But Fox 2000 offered him the role of writer, and he took it, even though everyone in his life was telling him, don't do it. But, you know, once he was I mean, almost done with the script, Fox 2000 was out, and a production company by the name of Franchise Pictures uh, got involved as backers. And by the way, there's a great uh, Vice article that goes into detail about the alleged fraud, studio meddling with the script, and alleged deception of um, franchise films. But Corey Mandel largely was able to recover and walk away from this movie unscathed. And from what I've found, he is teaching a professional screenwriting workshop, which, I mean, talking to somebody who has been through the shit, I kind of want to take their lessons versus like absolutely. someone who's like had everything handed to him. Absolutely. If I, if I had the choice to like pick between like someone who is only like managed to like Mr. Magoo themselves into like good movie roles or good like movie positions versus someone who has been in great movies and also direct and also not directed, but been involved in some of the worst movies you can think of. 
Mm-hmm. I want their opinion more because they've they've seen everything. They've gone, they've gone, they've gone to Mordor, man. Like they know what's up. <laughs> like it's all good. Now, Mike, let's get right into the most important question we have on oh. this podcast, oh, which God. I'm really excited to hear what you got to say. Which is, if this movie were a drink, what would it be and why? <sighs> this movie sucks. This movie is so bad. It's got John Travolta, who we've agreed, uh, at least for my cocktails, is Campari. Mm-hmm. Uh, bitter, uh, f- very fruity notes. Uh, Italian mm. can work if you use him correctly, but if you don't, he can destroy a drink. So we have that, and we're, we're, it's obviously we'll do some Campari, but making a cocktail doesn't making an actual cocktail doesn't fit with this. We're going to pick ingredients and just put them all in. So, takes take some take an, take an ounce and a half of Campari. This is going to be a strong drink and you're going to taste a lot of Campari in it. Okay, ounce and a half of Campari. This movie has a certain drink associated with it that that the aliens drink. The um the cyclos, if you will. That's what the name of the aliens are. They drink a drink called Kerbango. And it's got a certain green hue to it. So I want you to grab about half an ounce of melon liqueur and put that in. Yup, it's going to get gross from here. <laughs> All right. Now, okay, so we have a orange-green hue going on with our cocktail. Visually, it's weird, but it's not alienating yet. You're like, okay, mm-hmm. it's it's a little odd, but I can still get behind it. Well, it's time to alienate yourself because I want you to grab an ounce and a half of of curacao, not blue curacao, curacao. Mm-hmm. You want to and you want to float that on top. You want that distinct layering, that Campari orange, that Midori green, and that curacao yellow. Now, okay, cool. We've got a we got a cool setting. We got some cool views, huh? Isn't that great? Isn't that great? You know what? No, it's not great actually. We have it's it's why are we setting things up so well? We need to fuck it up. Who who cares anymore? Who cares? Let's throw in some whipping cream in it. Why does it does it fit? No, of course it doesn't fit. Fuck you. Who cares? Fuck you. All right, moving on. Okay, this movie is this movie has bad everything. Narrowing it down mm-hmm. to one single thing to punish you is like trying trying to find trying to find the book, the right book in the library of Congress while blindfolded. You're just, it's, it's just going to be a bad time. So what this movie does have that is heinous that I can really pick out specifically is the fact that it's so boring. The mm-hmm. story is boring. The story drags. The characters are boring. The setting is boring. The design is boring. The acting is boring. Oh, like, to name a piece of the film, it is boring. So, what is the, what is the quintessential best up at midnight boring ingredient? Water, mm-hmm. just water. So take your take your layered drink that you already screwed up with your heavy whipping cream. To just put water in it. Just put water in it. It's going to be boring. It's going to be nasty, but it's also going to be boring. Now. <sighs> I want you to sit there and take your drink that you've just made. I want you to go down the street, 
find either a person who's down on their luck, a person who's strung out to high hell, or your friend who is heinously sick. I want you to spit in I want you to have them spit in your drink because oh. you're gonna wish uh. you were sick. You're you were gonna wish you were in your bedridden sick than watching this movie. Okay. <laughs> Finally, a filthy I watch situation. <laughs> exactly, dude. It's getting full on hair hair cake. No. Okay, so Finally, you've stir that stir that baby up. You've got your drink. You got your cocktail. This heinous, disgusting offense to God. Oh God! I want what? you to. Oh, I want done. you. Jesus. I want you to go find. I want you to go find find someone. Find someone you're friends with. I want you to have them drink the drink, and I want you to have your lawyer on the phone on speaker. And the moment they say anything bad, I want you to outwardly threaten them with legal action and their lawyer to corroborate. <laughs> That's my drink. Campari, water, melon, of course, got to have melon liqueur <laughs> and curacao. Okay. Mm-hmm. And water. And, I think I said that. And, and just a whole lot of man spit. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's pretty accurate. If I'm being honest, that's probably, hell, that's probably what they put in the fucking uh, tubes that they're all drinking out of. Looks like exactly. science exactly. class. <laughs> it's a beaker. Okay, dude. Yeah, no. Uh, I would not drink that. Uh, if we ever do the drink tasting again, we're not doing that one. I don't want to have to drink <laughs> it's, dude, that's Like you said, it, it's it's going to turn into a filthy Frank video <laughs> if we do that. No, the only person spit I want to drink is Ryan Gosling. Okay, so now that we go, now that we got yeah, yours absolutely. out of the way, good job. Good job. You know, I fuck with it. Let's go to my drink. Okay. Let's go ahead and get this out of the way that the streak's going to be bad. It's Battlefield Earth, <laughs> but with Travolta being in it and with my previous drink being vodka based, you know what? Let's stick with vodka. Let's 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 make John Travolta a vodka. Why not? Let's have some fun. Break out your beer glass, okay? Standard beer glass has 16 ounces. Our vodka, let's go with some uh bacon with a K flavored vodka, which costs around $30 online, which arguably is $25 too many. But you know what? You're spending the money on this drink just like the producers spend a lot of money on this movie. That's our John Travolta. Let's get three ounces of that. Next, sci-fi movie. I really wanted to do melon liqueur like for the meme, but I was like, oh, no, I don't, uh, I don't want I don't want to. Here, fuck it. Let's say blue curacao instead. Give it a nice blue hue. Let's go three ounces of that. It's like our sci-fi movie. What about our alien race? For them, I'm going to say go out and get yourself a flat fresca. Sure fucking thing. Let's go six ounces of that. And you know what? Let's toss in an extra one and a half ounces of sweet and sour mix for how they butchered Forrest Whitaker in this movie. Yeah, he's fucking here. I didn't I wasn't expecting him to show up. He he kind of gives that like a like a sweet and sour performance. It's like he's trying, but I can just look in his eyes and he's like, oh, yeah, no, this is shit. I'm in I'm in garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Then we have our man animals who whenever they're on screen on screen, which is a lot. I really don't want to see them. My face kind of like scrunches up. And even Johnny, who's like build next alongside John Travolta for the humans. I'm going to say go get three quarters ounce of Angostura bitters. And for Johnny, I'm going to say three quarter ounces of lime juice. So we're at 15 ounces now. We got one ounce left. And for those like 
how can I put this intangible qualities that you can't quite put into words. You just look at it and you're like, yeah, that's bad for how this movie makes you hurt watching it for how just absolutely horrendous is. It's got to be drop in one ounce of Everclear. Now, I should probably preface oh. this by saying, do not tr- do not chug this drink. This is a long-term sipping drink over the course of several hours. But I'm not done. The little gimmick you have to do with this movie is go find yourself a wall or a counter or have one of your homies support you lean at a 45 degree angle and try to drink this drink because fuck you this is battlefield earth and we only film at the dutch angle we only film with camera slightly askewed <laughs> and yeah that's my drink i oh, dude i'm so i'm so glad you mentioned the freaking angle it's god they hated it but this the sweet and sour mix the flat fresca the vodka like oh my god 16 ounces i'm gonna need to go to the hospital after having your drink mine's just gonna make you puke yours is gonna like <laughs> gonna need my stomach pumped listen that's why i say this is a sipping drink that you're gonna drink over the course of like Ah uh, yes, I don't know. Six hours, eight hours. I like to. I, I like to go to the lounge and go. Give me the vomit cocktail, and then just sit back with sixteen ounces of hell, and then just drink that overlooking, overlooking the city. Okay, Mike. Let's just fucking rip the bandaid off and let's <sighs> dive headfirst into Battlefield Earth, a saga. Of the year 3000, we start in space and zoom into Earth where man is an endangered species and a sepia-toned shots of nature. And then we just randomly cut to some lady looking off at another dude on a horse. And I want to stop here really quick. I mentioned in my cocktail, the majority of the shots we've seen in this movie have been in what's known as a Dutch angle. Basically, instead of being, you know, dead on, like, you know, leveled, it's like the balancing is all fucked up and it's like angled at 45 degrees like the camera, like the cinematographer has scoliosis and they fucking do that a lot throughout this movie to the point, to the point, to the point where as I was watching it, I noticed like the camera was askewed and like by the end of it, my eyes had kind of like adjusted themselves to where I saw like a Dutch angle as normal. And then whenever they did something, you know, more natural, I was like, oh, that feels weird. That yes. Feels so strange. Yes. Yes. They literally do it so much that you're just that at a certain point you get used to it. And then when they go back to normal, you get jarred. I was I thought I was going nuts that this movie had driven me insane. Also, we quickly, we quickly j- bounced past the fact that it's a sepia-toned landscape. The sepia-tone doesn't leave. Uh, it's like, and they're, no, no, everybody, mm-hmm. they're not in Mexico. It's just sepia-toned. It's and, just And then it randomly sepia. fucking gets blue or green or just so, like, not like the cool du- duo tone, but it's literally like somebody put like one of those, you know, those dividers that you had in school that were like clear and made out of plastic. Yeah. It's like they just put it over the camera and was like, ah, yes, my vision is complete. But <laughs> exactly. There, there. Yeah, but, I, but getting back to the, to, the, to the Dutch angles real quick, the director, Roger Christian, actually said that he wanted the camera to constantly be at that angle to make it feel more like a comic book. 
and that's stupid dude it's so it's so i'm pretty sure like i i can't i need to i need to confirm this but i think i saw somewhere that someone on set was like are, are we sure we need to be doing that and the director like fucking yelled at him yeah it was like <laughs> the one the, the one like intern who's like oh excuse me sir are you sure we want to be filming at the dutch angle constantly that feels it feels feels wrong he's like what do you know kid <laughs> then speaking of cinematography the cinematographer on this film uh giles uh nut gins i don't know he's some guy <laughs> nut gins. i don't fucking know uh he even came out and said working on this film which on paper had a 75 million dollar budget but you know that could be overinflated or underinflated like i said the production company was like accused of fraud and a you know defrauding investors and shit um apparently he was given he came out and said he was given like the smallest lighting budget he has ever worked with because i think most of the money for the production actually went into like the above the line people like your john travolta and you know paying for the producers and the directors so they didn't really have a whole lot to give to the below the line people yeah no they literally sunk all of their money into having forrest whitaker and john travolta Mm -hmm. on the project even though i'm pretty sure the two of them are all about we're all about the movie (laughs) so now we go into this village a woman talks to a man who brings medicine something took the man's father at night and he screams to the heavens where we fucking barn door i believe that's what the transition barn door transitions to later i want to stop again for a second because (laughs) every single time i might say and we transition to or and we cut to just know it is with that fucking transition where it's like the fucking movie maker guy just dropped it in it's just fucking barn Dude, doors trans it's, it's like discount star wars yeah literally i shit i was literally about to say it is cheap star wars because they do the barn door transition also contextually the movie just we we have this person who we don't know the name of and then another old man who we don't know the name of goes up to guy number one and says, your dad is so your something took your dad in the night. And he goes, no, and that's it. Like that is. And then it transitions. I'm like, we can't have tragedy this fast in a movie. You gotta warm us up to the characters. <laughs> so yeah, we go to later and this man is talking to an elder about, he's wanting to go somewhere else. And the elder says, like, no, you can't. There's demons out there. But the man says, I haven't seen one. Have any of you seen them? A demon. Ah. And this elder tells an old tale about how they must please the gods so they can return to send the demons away. And then we cut to this guy on a horse and talks to <laughs> this woman, Chrissy. And he's going out and wants Chrissy to stay at the village. But she's holding on to some necklace that his mom gave her for good luck that she gives to him. And after awkwardly touching her face, the man rides off too somewhere where then we cut to a random guy t-posing on a cliff but then we go back to the man he's he's, literally t-posing it's he's he literally is he's literally like cristo redento (laughs) t-posing in gary's mod in in freaking a video game just there and it's oh i swear to god i don't Dude, this movie does so much random stuff that it just sprinkles in it's like like a nightmare version of Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, where instead of it's a random gag that's like silly, it's a random gag that's confusing and infuriating that they just either don't address or beat into the ground. Oh, dude. Like, so, okay, back to the man who's like looking above. Something's whooshing by him that scares the horse and starts running. But the man grabs a stick and beats 
a random dinosaur statue. Oh, you know, that's what the beast was. We're like, okay, that's not that bad. But then we see the the urban decay of an explorer on TikTok surrounding this guy, where the man then eats <laughs> something and then gets stopped by some others. And these others are like, they're like, oh, these people must be from the cave. We've seen the gods, and then make caveman noises. And the others are like, well, JK, we won't show you God. We got to hunt food and, you know, we got to go hunt and uh, get food. So the man offers a raccoon and in turn, he's going to go see one of the gods. So we wipe till later with a man who, by the way, I had to look up our supporting guy's name and it is a Johnny Goodboy Tyler. Yeah. You know that, Mike. Okay. I I I I had the I had the uh, captions on and I saw it was Johnny and my favorite part about this movie is that they don't introduce the character. They mm-hmm. just flat out don't they don't do the basic thing you need to do in a movie and introduce the main character. The, what they what they'll do is they'll sprinkle in just this weird dialogue surrounding the character and not give you any concrete evidence on who the character is. There's no subtlety in it either. It's not like, it's not like something happens and like, you know, your mother didn't like that. And he's like, Josh, she's not around anymore. It's literally mm-hmm. just, Hey, Hey man, I'll give you a raccoon. If you take me to gods, sounds good, man. And you're like, that's it. That's all the context you have. I just want to show someone this movie without telling them what they're about to see. And then, like, all it just kind of like ramps up, like, okay, these people, oh my god, aliens, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That I, because in 2000, they, these people, I guarantee you, L. Ron Hubbard, okay, I'm sorry, wait, wait, wait. L. Ron Hubbard was a capable novelist who <laughs> passed on, but, and he didn't have a lot of success with the distribution of Battlefield Earth. So a lot of people in the 2000s probably didn't know what the context was. So they were probably just watching it going, ah, cave people, cave people. Whoa, aliens. Like, it's surprising. (laughs) So now they come across like, I don't fucking know, a decayed Colorado. And the others give exposition. I think I hear something about like Golden Arches. So a Mickey D's reference for you lot. Sure. And a lot of talking. They reference McDonald's. They literally, they literally are walking through the decayed Denver. And then they go, yeah, these people had food teleported to them inside golden arches and i'm like are these motherfuckers talking about a mcdonald's like and it doesn't sound cool like they're referencing yesteryear and some forgotten piece it's then it really sounds like sounds like some person is trying to like dance around the description of eating at a mcdonald's you know i was gonna do a joke about how this society is what happens when we've all drank that grimace shake that McDonald's was doing. But by the time this episode comes out, that's going to be a dated joke. So you know what? That's just what you get right now. He's such he's such an ambivalent force of nature. I'm scared of him. <laughs> so they enter this an abandoned mall to make camp where and we see grimace and see grimace there. Those are the aliens. It's just Ronald McDonald and his fools chasing after you. <laughs> John Travolta as Ronald McDonald. Oh my god, I was taking a drink. Don't say that. It's, you, just, you just see the Hamburglar come out with a pistol. Forrest Whitaker as the Hamburglar. 
That'd be great. Instead of being like an alien decked out in armor, he's just, he's just, Boris Whitaker is the Hamburglar just coming out. I'm here to steal your raccoons and food. Okay. Okay. So yeah, they, they eat around a fire and Johnny's talking about how he wanted to go look for something better. And one of the others passes uh, Johnny a godstone, like a, some piece of glass. But then suddenly one of the others gets shot by something and now the other two are running away and everything is green now it's like a photon laser firing at him and johnny and this guy run but this guy just jumps down and fucking breaks his leg while johnny whistles for his horse like he's fucking link in legend of zelda but the horse <laughs> gets <laughs> the horse gets got by a photon laser then the guy gets done in by a laser and johnny just has to run and do parkour while being shot at These... when he trips then gets up then trips again then gets shot and goes flying through a glass panel and falls to the ground the <sighs> laser effects are the worst can we say that these uh, laser it's the effects 2000s. are it's the 2000s so i don't want to like dump on it too hard it could have been advanced for the time but it's just they're just so bad. And also, I like that they're like, oh my god, it's them! Run away! And like, the two the two skinnier guys are just like, quick, run down the stairs! And that's all they do. Or like, actually, one gets shot and the other one runs down the stairs. But I like that the heavy guy's like, look out below, bitches! And he just leaps off and just breaks his leg, expecting something else to happen. Okay, so we wipe again. Some bad green screen of Johnny getting taken away by a spacecraft and he's in a cage. So, so, so bad. So there's some bad, atrocious, really I can say that. There's some atrocious <laughs> green screen in this movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, where he's not the only prisoner, <clears throat> it's the others, which, one of which I think is named Carlo. So the ship flies into a base where Tom Cruise is, oh, sorry, no, that was a different movie. A different, different <laughs> movie associated with this. A uh, different, equally good associated with a reasonable reasonable organization <laughs> very 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 reasonable very reasonable people then very, very very reasonable people so um the ship lands and emits poisonous air the alien the aliens pass them some breathing apparatus which they all fight over and the ship continues to fly over like i don't know the fucking industrial decay back rooms and they are at a human processing center denver which by the way that was a joke about Colorado. I wasn't trying to be serious. I wasn't actually expecting them to be in Denver. Yes. <laughs> you accidentally like shoot like Babe Ruth yourself. <laughs> so the ship lands and Johnny tries to run away, but he gets stopped by another guy, tries to run and is shot at. But then Johnny grabs a gun, shoots at one of the aliens and just fucking hauls ass away. And now he's running through this facility and falls at the feet. Of one Jonathan Travolta with dreads. Oh. Let's oh. uh, what it's, do you what do you what do you think of the uh, alien design here, Mike? And and why is the first thing you noticed his like enlarged forehead and the the dreads? I dude, it okay. All right, all right, everybody, we're gonna go head to toe in how these aliens are dressed. We're gonna dress it once. And laugh at it for the rest of the time. All right, stick with us. Starting at the top, we have these people who have the heads of the characters are elongated at a 45 degree angle. 
It is, mm-hmm. it's like if you had, like, if they had a normal face and then you just took the back part of the skull and just, like, Laffy Taffy stretched it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then you decided to give them a bald spot around the top part of that new, new back of the head mm-hmm. and just put dreads around the rest. Just dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. So, great. Cool. We have our idiotic looking dreadlocks and our elongated back of our head for some reason mm-hmm. let's move down to their let's move down to their get up these <laughs> these people are in just essentially like hockey pads and like black morph suits it is it's bad it's granted they had enough of a costume budget for someone to make the morph suits look a little more intense and the hockey pads to look a little more like metal. Mm-hmm. But let's not kid ourselves. It's not, like hockey pads. It kind of also looks like around the chest he's wearing like a like a bulletproof vest that he got at a got that he got at a dollar store. It really does. It's like he's wearing Kevlar. It's just it's really terrible. But okay, moving further down. All right, we have the we have the top part of the getup. The bottom part, just some tight old leather pants. And then for the shoes, my personal favorite part, platform, uh, platform, imagine platform black painted versions of those red mischief boots that were like super hot like two months ago. Like those super big mischief boots. Imagine if they were like spray painted black and platform. And that is that is how these aliens look. They look hilariously stupid. They Listen, look man, goofy. John, John Travolta was just setting trends, you know, 23 years early. Uh, he, That's it. He was he was it was he's like, y'all make y'all make fun of me for the drip. Give it tw- give it approximately 23 years and it will be it'll be next level. Yeah, so again. Immaculate fashion sense by uh, by our aliens here. So he's yeah, exactly. uh, Travolta speaks in alien grunts. And also, Forrest Whitaker is here. Uh, Travolta asks the aliens, like, yo, why was this guy running? And Travolta gives uh, the gun to Johnny to make an example of this soldier that let him get away. And Travolta's <laughs> acting is like it. Is he trying to be threatening? It's like there are times when it seems like he's trying to be threatening. There's times where it seems like he's like doesn't care. And he's doing like this high pitch, like almost like Tommy Wiseau-esque voice. He is doing a Tommy Wiseau. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's It's just so like the decisions that were made here. I just want to know why. Exactly. See, the thing. thing is travolta in his in his voice and how he like talks it's a mix between him just like acting so over it that everyone makes him mad or just or just like or just like so mad that he's now over it Mm mm-hmm and I feel like those are two distinct vibes that you're getting. He's he's always either he's either over it or mad, mm-hmm. chiefly. And then the other one comes in as a quick backup. Like at least Mariah Carey was different shades of confused and displeased and put out. It was like, consistent. Just, yeah, was she consistent. was. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was consistent with her three emotions. John Travolta is just. <laughs> 
it's just a just a spectrum of of over it and mad and he just flip flops just like a slider okay so yeah anyways travolta makes an example out of this this uh soldier um johnny shoots the disobeying soldier and then we transition travolta in some bar drinking like i don't know mike's drink and through exposition we hear that travolta is leaving the planet the bartender wants to keep some piece of information hush hush and you know, that's not on his file, but Travolta's going to, you know, put it there anyway, because, you know, that's just what he does. Travolta's leaving the planet, so their deal is null and void. And then, okay, we get some evil laughing by John Travolta, which is so, so it's so, it's so just bad. so atrocious. It's, it's a, oh, chef's so, kiss. So we transition to the manimals getting hosed down, and then we transition again to later where the aliens are teleporting like their king i guess to earth so travolta is there sucking up to him i think his name is like zeke or zeet or something his name is zeke uh, is welcome it's... your excellency what's up bro <laughs> hang loose dog uh it's zeke or zeet or something with a z but you know what fuck it zeke whatever i th- Clearly, no no one cared enough to enunciate it, so I'm exactly. not caring enough to fucking talk about it. Yeah. So Zeke is just like, yo, let's just exterminate the rest of Earth, and they all do the evil laughing. Then later, the aliens look at a picture of a dog and talk about dogs, and then a planet ship enters and says absolutely nothing. Then the king remembers Travolta's transferring. You know, it's compliments all around, but it turns out Travolta actually isn't leaving the planet. He's staying on for another cycle. He wanted a, a temporary assignment. Travolta's like, are you not aware that I graduated top of my class? Surely I can be a better <laughs> service to the corporation. But it was all a joke, except Zeet says he'll be staying on for another 50 cycles. Then belly laughs, and Travolta is not happy. And the tension it's, rises while everyone makes different, like, mouth faces. Also, also, here's another thing that began, I believe, with this scene but continues throughout the movie and annoys me to no end echoes mm-hmm. the movie loves using this one freaking adobe like premiere effect where you just take the sound of him going 50 cycles and then it just goes 50 cycles 50 cycles 50 cycles as john travolta like tries to look just flabbergasted and angry but in reality he looks like he's just like just on the toilet fighting for his life you know when you when you said that like now that i now that you mention it they do do that a lot but now i just think of that one spongebob meme where it's like because we're halfway there Halfway there. Halfway there. Halfway there. there. (laughs) (laughs) That makes it a lot easier. (laughs) Mentally. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything that they did like pretty all right in this movie? I I don't know. I guess the the makeup is pretty good, I guess. No, the prosthetics are there. I I I, I'm not giving them anything. I'm not giving them anything. This sucks. <laughs> I'm trying to find the positives in this movie, Mike. We, we have to try to find Stop. something good we can Stop. say about Battlefield Earth. Stop. <laughs> okay, now we cut to planet uh, Cyclo, the alien's home planet, which is supposed to be beautiful, but instead it looks like, I don't know, 
it's the inside of Grimace's stomach or some shit. <laughs> oh my god, Grimace's stomach is hot, he's well colonized. Oh my god. <laughs> of all of it his victims. Like, it looks like... It's... Okay, so all the people Grimace has eaten has just they've just turned into a colony. It's like it's like a mix of it's like it's like a purple Blade Runner, but just way grosser. And dude, speaking of Blade Runner, this fucking movie could have learned something about like coloring your footage like Blade Runner because you know that movie. Mm-hmm. I, I get, I see what they were going for, but they didn't do it well. If they just looked at fucking Blade Runner. Then I think this movie could have looked at least look at least visually okay, you know, with the yeah. colors, not so much with the yeah. fucking Dutch angles, but you know, it's something. <laughs> it's, it's I the lipstick on a pig, but yeah, yeah, they could have gotten a little bit better. So, anyways, the king transports back, but we go back with Travolta on Earth, and he's drinking now. The bartender says, "You know, hey, you haven't left," but Travolta insults him. And, you know, Forrest Whitaker comes up and is like, hey, look on the bright side. You're still head of security. And uh, Travolta was like, while you were still learning to spell your name, I was getting ready to conquer the galaxies. Put it on my tag. <laughs> and I, then fucking I, walks ooh, away. <laughs> while you were busy just sticking, sticking your finger up your nose, I was studying the blade. <laughs> No, oh, geez, Same like sorry, sorry, I couldn't fucking you know buy a house during the 2008 financial crisis. I was too busy being in the fucking fourth grade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like I should have. I should have sat there and got fourth grade. No longer needs me. It's time to pull myself up by the bootstraps and get a get a career. <laughs> so outside, the manimals are imprisoned, including Johnny. You know, remember him? Who gets told off by some like fucking. I don't know, grunge guy. Like, hey, you know, I I eat first. Me and my men eat first. Then Johnny tries to talk some sense into one of his boys, but then a prison fight breaks out. And Johnny beats up this, like, fucking guy that looks like Nickelback, if Nickelback was a person, who's like, better say your prayers to the gods. And, you know, so Johnny ends up winning. Then he gives, like, a, you know, speech. You know, from now on, we eat at the same time. You know, fucking commies. And then feeds this random girl and then feeds this Nickelback guy. Then we transition to Travolta and Forrest Whitaker looking at some, I don't know, fucking know, alien documents. And Travolta's like, listen, don't you lie to me, Forrest Whitaker. And Forrest Whitaker is like, oh, I, I put the photo in the box. I saw you. And then there's, but we see there's a secret camera. Travolta's like, you can't spy on our office. I do. I, so, I, I, okay, a couple things. One, Great, he's a hit. Great, he's a hypocrite. Also, just the way that you phrased it just put the idea in my head of they're not calling, they're not calling each other by their character names. They're just calling each other by their normal names. It's like stuff. You know, you can't. You know, we don't spy on our own office. Forrest Whitaker. He's like, what up, John Travolta? What do you mean by that? Will Forrest, check it out. Like it's just they're just using each other's names now. Well, like, I think care. that would made that would have made this movie way more entertaining, in my opinion. Absolutely. So, Travolta's being a hypocrite. He does more acting. The mountain is full of uranium. Travolta knocks Forrest over the head with a pipe. Then Forrest drops his weapon. He's like, you can't shoot me. I'm unarmed. Let me figure this out. Let me make it up to you. So tension rises. Then John Travolta does his evil (laughs) laugh. (laughs) It's so bad. It's so bad. He literally, he's not doing like a like and like the stereotypical evil laugh he's literally going 
Yeah. Like, like you just beat your little brother or little sister in like Mario Kart. And you want to rub it in their face, but not, but also not get told on by mom. Dude, he fucking sounds like Elmo went through puberty and started chain smoking cigarettes. <laughs> Tickle me, Elmo. I haven't heard that name in a long time. <laughs> so Travolta says, like, tomorrow morning, we must warn planet Mothership. Or the planet ship of the mutiny. The, uh, the Such one, a stupid goddamn name. So I hate dumb. The fuck <laughs> is a planet ship? Is that like fucking Cybertron or something? Are we going to see Optimus Prime come down and knock Travolta down and be like, where's Sam Witwicky? Exactly, exactly. Optimus Prime just, just, just changes from one of the ships. No, I, I just want to say really quickly, quick aside before we jump back into it. <laughs> L. Ron Hubbard is a capable novelist, and I will not judge his works. Please do not come after me, David Miscavige. But, okay, the, I'm going to go by off of the movie. The terminology that is used, it's like if it feels like the same improv that, like, Justin Roiland did, where it was just like, where it's just, oh, it's the Gwignox from the planet Zorp, and, like, there's no explanation afterwards. It's it's so bad. But anyways. So, yeah, uh, Travolta's like, tomorrow morning, we must, we must warn planet ship of the mutiny. Uh, the one you're going to pretend is in the works like your life depends on it. Then we transition to Travolta telling Planet Ship about the mutiny. They talk of politics, production equals profits, and Travolta offers the idea that the manimals could do the mining because, you know, it's for free and, you know, prison labor and all that. So Travolta's like, let me take the man animals to a place out there that you don't know and let me train them. And Forrest Whitaker is just like, profits, profits, profits. But Planet Ship says, bring in new workers. Listen to me. Then we transition. So the man animals being fucking led somewhere. They're all in like a chain gang while the aliens are just waving their hands and a ship hits a nearby tower, causing it to crumble down on the humans. But Johnny's okay. He's able to escape. So he starts fucking hauling ass with some choppy slow-mo shit, but gets cornered by a ship and then runs the other way. Mm-hmm. The aliens shoot at him. Yeah. This takes him to fucking some inside or outside. I don't know. It's all, it's fucking just blue. It's now. It is a, it is just a, it is, it's like, it's like the inside of that Eiffel 65 video, or just, I don't, I don't know, it looks like, blue, I don't know, it looks like someone there, killed there, Grimace, like. Is there a blue McDonald's character that we can reference here? <laughs> Ooh, I'm, I'm trying to think, I don't go to McDonald's much as a kid. Uh, Dude, I'm Grimace. not into the McDonald's lore. <laughs> So, okay. I'm not into McDonald's lore. I know it's like somebody's. It's like somebody's giving a rear naked choke to Grimace. There we go. Okay, his face is turned blue. There we go. So the <laughs> so now he's outside. It's all blue. Johnny can't breathe the air of the aliens. So now he's running around trying to find a way to survive. He runs to some warehouse where it's not blue. All of a sudden, and encounters a bunch of humans working. And one human offers him their breathing mechanism as they you know do the thing where they pass it back and forth. Then we go back with Travolta and Forrest Whitaker, and they walk and talk with so many Dutch angles, and Travolta wants to get off this planet. <laughs> Forrest Whitaker has five wives to support. I don't know. He was a Mormon. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, I, whew, man, we're, we're touching on all the religions, aren't we? All the, all the, all the notoriously litigious <laughs> religions, huh? All right. Let's, let's keep it moving. We just, need, we just need to be very careful with what we say here. Um, first, so we're Travolta, making fun of the, first, we're making fun of the religion that's got all the celebrities in Hollywood. Now we're making fun uh, of all the celebrities uh, in politics. No, no we're, we're, we're not making fun of them. 
We're not. We're, we're not making fun oh, of them. Do, do you understand? Right. Like, that's right. That's right. We're, we are. That's right. We're we are not. We no, are. We are not. We are. We are not making fun of of anybody. We, you know, we're just. We're just talking about Battlefield Earth. So Travolta is like, how can you understand the plan? And then he starts recording secretly while Forrest Whitaker describes the plan. And Travolta tells Forrest Whitaker, "Hey, I just recorded you. So blackmail." Forrest Whitaker says, "Thank you for these lessons." <laughs> Okay, Travolta doesn't trust Forrest <laughs> Whitaker. Sir, may I have another. <laughs> so, like, if you get if like uh, Forrest Whitaker double crosses him, he's gonna send that to the home office. Back with Johnny running through the sewers now with Travolta watching him on a security camera. So Johnny is running away, not being able to breathe, and the man has like the lung capacity, like fucking David Blaine, because he's able to fucking sprint <laughs> and like he's, just not he's fucking breathe. Ass. He's hauling ass like, oh, my God, he's he, 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 your heart out, Elliot Kipchoge. This this guy can smooth. So he's at the end of this tunnel where he yells for help. and He gets cornered by the aliens, but the aliens get shot at by Travolta, who monologues. We need something primitive to hold him over to control him. Let's take him to the mountains. Then we'll sit back and watch them choose their favorite food. Like that <laughs> fucking makes sense. Why does that make, how does that make sense? How? I love, I love that. I love that thought process. It is like, it is the most like writer going, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah. And then he thought of that. Okay. Shut up. But it's like, he literally goes, oh, he's beat. Oh my God. Let's trap him. Put him on the mountains for, and and just unchain them and then have them find their food. Boom. Done. (laughs) Just, just so Okay, so now we transition to the mountains where the humans are climbing and they can see the decayed city in the distance. But back with Travolta and Forrest Whitaker, they're watching a security camera. It's been three days and soon they will find their favorite food. And with the humans, they just see some rats and they're like, fuck, that'll do. And, you know, you got to do what you got to do. So they just fucking just nom on some raw rats. And Travolta and Forrest Whitaker are like, wow, I never would have guessed rats being their favorite food. We'll really have leverage over them now. <laughs> but the humans. It's the worst laugh. I the laugh. You're definitely the worst laugh we've had on this podcast. Dude, dude, that is dude, that is the worst laugh. I've heard some bad laugh. Like, like I'm thinking back to Raiden's laugh in Mortal Kombat where he's like, <laughs> but this is worse. So the so Johnny ends up finding a camera on their clothes and then destroys them. And Travolta's like, what? How could they possibly know? And then Travolta hits his head on the ceiling and yells at Forrest Whitaker that they got to do some, I don't know, redesigning. So back with the humans, they're leaving Aspen, Colorado, and they're standing on a cliffside while the aliens are chasing after them on their ship. Johnny has an idea. He's determined. He's just going to fucking jump this ledge like he's in Cabin in the Woods and he's Chris I, Hemsworth on a fucking motorcycle, except he's going to run I was about to it. say... I, I can hear the nine inch nails playing in the background. He's ready to go. <laughs> so uh, Johnny ends up, um, he ends up getting stopped by the alien ship being piloted by Travolta. So Johnny slides down a mountain, gets cornered by Travolta's ship, but Forrest Whitaker has to stand on the ledge and like, oh, they must be able to fly. Just because we haven't seen them fly doesn't mean that they can. So the aliens get them held hostage. Travolta holds one over the edge and in more poor fucking green screen, Drops this guy, falls, and he dies. <laughs> the, the green screen of him dying is, oh, hell yeah, baby. It's bad. It's there. It's so bad. It is. 
it's it's pretty great. <laughs> so we transition back to this, uh, like their fucking command center, I guess, where the imprisoned animals are being forced to fix the low hanging wall. And Johnny is one of them and he touches the computer, but Travolta doesn't like that. So he gets dragged off to be put in some chair and watch an AR presentation by an alien AI. And then behind Johnny, some fucking jellyfish brings him down some like evil optometrist machine that I guess forces all of the knowledge in the known universe into his brain (laughs) by like hurting him. Why they're giving why Travolta is just like, I'm going to give you all the information on our people. Makes zero sense. I wanted, Oh, Oh, I'm so glad you brought this up. I'm so glad we're here at this move at this point. They give him the means to overthrow them. Why? Because reasons. What point does it serve in the movie? It because he he got a mine. What? You don't need to speak the same language as as the person you're controlling to have them learn how to mine. What? <laughs> oh my god! Some of the thing. Why? What 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 they does that what sense does that make? They what might sense as well does that make? Have, they they might as well have given that dude the keys. Just just pulled their pants down and went. We're ready to get spanked, sir. Like it's it's literally they just they just busted. They just gave themselves up. Like what? Oh god, god. Mm, mm, okay. This I hate this movie. This movie is dumb. This movie is like is this like, movie is very dumb. This movie is like fucking getting like a UFC heavyweight fighter to just fucking repeatedly roundhouse kick me in the head and then just like I don't know, pick me up and slam me to the ground. That's what it's doing to my brain. It's just it's like it's like Francis Ngannou and Jackass. It's just. Full fucking punch to the head. So Travolta Absolutely. then waves a rat in front of uh, Johnny's face, but it does nothing. And then, you know, back to the evil optometrist machine while the rest of the manimals work. But then Johnny's friend Carlo goes to check on him. And Johnny now knows all the things about the aliens. The device sends pictures into his head. And Johnny needs to go back into the machine to learn more. So we fade to Johnny teaching the man animals math in the sand around a fire. So he draws a triangle and does basic geometry. So it's like the aliens basically have access to like Khan Academy on a flash drive that they just yes. downloaded into his brain. Dude, they they literally are just. Is Khan Academy went, still around? I don't fucking know. Oh, dude, you already know. You already know that the aliens are sitting there going like, oh, my God, how are we going to build this? And then they just turn on and just goes, hey, everybody, welcome back to Khan Academy. We're going to learn about Sosceles triangles. They're like, oh, thank God. It's my favorite part. Oh, God, this movie is. mm, Okay. So Johnny's like, this will help us escape basic geometry. So we transition to Johnny working on the alien computer. He's reading instructions on some tablets where Johnny goes over to some machines and starts inputting a code and is able to open a door to help his fellow men escape. Uh, They find a bunch of the recording machines from earlier. Then we transition to, remember the girl from the beginning? Uh, Sherry, Cherry, whatever the fuck her name is. She, um, we're back with her now. She spots Johnny on horseback running or some shit or yeah sure whatever she gets on her horse and wants to leave um the elder doesn't want her to leave 
but she doesn't need his permission and runs off with her horse going to look for Johnny. Back with Johnny, more information, and so far, for me, this is the quote of the movie where mm-hmm. we see John Travolta holding a rat with, you know, his all of his weirdness, shaking a rat and saying, do you want lunch? Do you want lunch? <laughs> it's in that voice, mm. in that damn voice. Mm. It is actually there's more there's more emotion in Max's voice. Actually, is sap the emotion out, put a little bit of annoyance and a whole lot of being over it. It's oh my god. It is just the weirdest. It is just the way you say, do you want lunch? Do you want lunch? Do you want lunch? <laughs> Uh, He's just dangling a freaking rat. I'm kind of who, what, who sees that and is just like fucking exactly. You nailed it. That is exactly what I am. Look, who looks at this movie and is just like, (laughs) this is exactly what I wanted. This is exactly what I saw in my mind's eye. Yeah, you you see, John Travolta apparently. Apparently, John Travolta was a producer, and he looked at that and went, yeah, mm-hmm, absolutely. So Johnny gets tossed into a wall where Travolta and Forrest Whitaker are distracted while the men get prepared to overthrow the aliens, where Travolta backhands Johnny and is about to kill him when Johnny speaks perfect uh, cyclo-alien language. But Johnny says, I'll have you killed. But Travolta says, oh, you and what army? And the man points their gun, but they don't shoot. And Travolta's like, lol, I'm, way, I'm one step ahead of you. They don't have any ammo. But Johnny's like, okay, well, fine. I won't mind an ounce of your gold. You don't have time. You can't hide from the home office forever. And Travolta's like, okay, let's show our friend a little thing or two. And I'm sitting here thinking, okay, here's what we're, you know, we're going to get, you know, like maybe he's going to like, I don't know, beat him up or, you know, kill like, one of the people. Or like, you know, give me, give me some steaks. Yeah, exactly. But no, we we transition to the Denver library where Johnny is being dragged by a leash, kinky, by Travolta, where Travolta <laughs> monologues, like, when we attacked your planet, all your advanced technology only put up a nine-minute fight. Man is an endangered species. You can look here for anything you want because there is nothing that will help you. A lot of recipes on how to uh, prepare raw rat. <laughs> then walks away <laughs> while Johnny sits down and reads the Declaration of Independence. Yes, he does because he's a bleeding American, baby. Because 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 Johnny, good boy, Tyler, if he's nothing if not proud to learn about capitalism, he is. It's that's why is it not something like the Art of War by Sun Tzu or like Plato or something? Like he tries to read something something that'll give him a military edge nope it's about about a it's the declaration of independence baby Mm -hmm. because you know let it's all about freedom go freedom red white blue my free (laughs) now we cut to a field of cows okay which revolts a monologues to them and it's weirdly quiet (laughs) for the audio just got like fucking turned down in this one scene where the humans Mm -hmm, can't run mm -hmm. or else he'll kill them and to prove this travolta shoots some cows (laughs) <laughs> but they are saved by the tribes who 
tackle no, Travolta. No, 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 no. You, you, you're you, not, you want to you're stop. not skipping. You're not skipping past this. I'm. I want to talk about the shooting scene because the shooting scene. He's like, I'm a top marksman in my class. I have over 300 confirmed kills. Said I'll. I'll have you. No, no. So he doesn't say 300 stuff, but <laughs> but you believed he's just him. A crack but guy. you believed him exactly. You thought he did. <laughs> you don't want to be one one mile away from him. That's all I gotta say. No. So essentially he goes to like shoot the cows. What? He just blows one cow's leg off for fucking. And you're like, okay, whatever. He means business. Great. He keeps doing it for like five cows. And then the last one, he literally does a behind the back. Like, like he's playing B beer pong. Just boom, shoots one, which I'm like, come what, really we're doing we're doing joke trick shots now why aren't you doing between the legs while we're at it come on listen man john travolta doing back shots at a fraternity house like what do you expect oh, dude you just hear the ymca in the background <laughs> young man no, <laughs> sig- no sigma, sigma kai never die sigma kai never die yes <laughs> Saw the rainbow flags with Sigma Chi when John Travolta's there. <laughs> so yeah, but but they're saved by the tribes who tackle Travolta and Johnny points his gun at him and they speak their language to each other. Travolta says, Man was only a species was the only species to hunt for sport. I know more about you. The men want uh, Johnny to shoot Travolta, but Johnny's like, No, no, no. What good is it to live in fear? What about the others? The gods won't come and save us. Those lights in the sky were planets. And then recites part of the Declaration of Independence. And then he quotes Obama by saying, yes, we can beat them. I, but hell yeah. It's now, and then he, and then he turns to the camera and goes, now watch this drive. And then he just pulls out a golf club and he whacks one down the fairway. <laughs> I can't come up with a George W. Bush off the, off the top of my head. I, th- I think I've run out of those types of jokes. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Oh. Uh, it's, it's a sad shame. day. I love Bushisms. Bushisms are my favorite. <laughs> Bushisms work a uh, nine out of eleven times. So uh, Johnny is like, "Let oh! us fight." <laughs> are you, you with litter me? somewhere in the corner? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So Johnny's like, "Let us fight." Are you with me? So after an intense motivational speech, all the men agree to help. Where Johnny passes off, passes off the weapon back to Travolta for some reason okay don't ask questions so now travolta is escorting johnny somewhere where forrest whitaker arrives with sherry or chrissy whatever her name is travolta puts two and two together and he's like oh they know each other and chrissy has an explosive around her neck and travolta's like i'm not gonna blow up your female friend no just this one and fucking picks out a random guy that's with johnny and he begs not to kill him and travolta's like oh i won't kill him but you may never ask of any of me anything ever again. But then Forrest Whitaker kills him instead. Fucking savage. You know, you feel so bad for this guy that was with it's, Johnny. It's, I love my favorite thing is my favorite thing is the movie tries to do the oh no person and like everyone's like screaming. They're like, no, no, don't do it, you bastard. <laughs> But it's just some random dude who's just like one tear rolls down his cheek and it's just the camera pans away and we just hear boom. And everyone's like, oh my God, the horror. (laughs) So now we transition to the prisoners in like a yellow holding cell where Johnny is being held and Carlo is like trying to talk some sense into Johnny. And Carlo now tries to give his own motivational speech. He's like, I'm ready to fight. Running isn't life. Let us fight. But Johnny still has a glass knife 
and cuts off a piece of his hair for some reason and then gives it away like i I don't know (laughs) then all the prisoners rise they're gonna fight they start barking and yelling it's all inspirational they're gonna fight even though you're currently in a cage dude that's my favorite thing is they're like they're like yeah we're gonna kick their ass woo and then they're just it's just they're all in cages in sepia toned prison like they're just like like, yeah exactly when we get out of here we're gonna we're gonna take our plane we'll take our planet back woo let me transition back to the bar where travolta and forrest whitaker sit and then talk to some um lady alien lady of the night i think who has a cgi long <laughs> tongue and forrest whitaker he sees is like okay i get it I'm, and he walks away travolta is like gets the plant wants to get access to the planet ship's account she then asks him for him to keep her side of the bargain and she tries to use leverage and travolta laughs because you know he's all about leverage you see then later oh my god this man this man this is man goddamn is like, leverage dude he he just <laughs> wants leverage it's all about leverage, dude. It's all about the leverage, Jimbo. <laughs> so later, a Travolta and Forrest Whitaker um, walking to wait in some like fucking room to talk to Planet Ship. Then Planet Ship was claiming that the planet was working at a loss in terms of mining for gold. So Planet Ship could you know want to get more credits. So Travolta is like, "Look, you're old and need to solve financial problems. Why don't you just share your authority?" But the forms are blank, which you know is kind of the point. Planet ship would just be a puppet and Travolta would be the one pulling strings. If Travolta doesn't get what he wants, planet ship will get vaporized. We transition to Travolta spreading gossip about the man animals being able to mine. Then we go to a ship where Travolta is now teaching Johnny how to fly a ship. What? The ship's Why graphics. is he doing that? Does, why does John Travolta do anything in this movie? Why does he? That is helping oh Johnny. God fucking escape it doesn't make He's any sense it's, it's like it's like you filthy piece of human trash you're worthless you know how worthless you are i'm gonna give you the keys to escape and you want to know how extra worthless you are i'm gonna teach you how to i'm gonna teach you how to hotwire a car and you know how extra worthless you are i'll teach you how to make a camp and survive out in the wilderness because you're so worthless and you're like this feels kind of weird, bud. Like, this doesn't make any sense based on, you know, your whole motivation. So now, um, the ship's graphics, by the way, are like the an N64 game. Like, quite literally, it feels like... This is the ne- worst CGI. Dude, it feels like they took away Superman from that one really bad Superman in 64 game where he's like flying oh, through the God. rings. Oh, oh no. <laughs> but it's just like that, oh, but like no. in purple and blue or yellow, whatever. I was, Johnny- thinking, I was thinking, I was thinking nightmare buckaroo bonsai when he flies through the mountain and it's just the goblins in, in space. <laughs> <laughs> so Johnny can't pilot, but it's like a dad teaching his son how to fly, which again, Makes zero sense. But then we go to some mountains where Johnny flies a ship. The men in the back talk, but there are dangerous levels of radiation nearby, so they'll need to land the ship. Travolta is like, mine the gold. I won't be at the mining site, but I will be watching you. <laughs> we transition to Johnny teach it, trying to teach the men how to fly, and they start mining for gold. But Johnny says, no, we're not going to do any mining. 
We're going to go to Fort Knox. There's a bunch of gold there. We're going to revolt. God bless America, baby. God bless. Because, you know, when you looked up the... When he was looking through the Declaration of Independence and they said, and we're going to keep all of our gold reserves in Fort Knox. How much reading did he do? Because it it feels like like, he literally just read the entire fucking Aspen library. It's just wild, man. Like, where did he find out about Fort Knox? These people don't even know how to, like, read. Like, how did he figure out Fort Knox? Was a thing. <laughs> so now we transition to the ship flying to the Library of Congress. And inside we get exposition. If the aliens breathe radiation, they'll die. But they can't be around radiation. Now we're at Fort Knox in Kentucky. Which, how far do these ships really travel? Like, I want to know what the gas mileage is on these things. But anyways, that doesn't matter. Because they find the vault <laughs> that's just contained. It's like filled to the fucking brim with gold that, you know, hasn't been touched. So they're just like, okay, they just fucking take it. Transition to the men. They're mining for the gold or, you know, just pretending to do it when a ship flies overhead and Johnny has the gold, the gold delivered in gold bricks. And Travolta just brushes over the fact that the gold is in bars. Travolta scans it with his machines like, OK, it's real gold. Now I want the rest of the gold in seven Travolta, days instead. Tra- Travolta's a, such an idiot in this movie. They, like, they write his character to be life, so dumb. Like he like he not only gives Johnny the means to escape and revolt, mm-hmm. but they he also just sees an obvious glaring issue. And this person is supposed to be a genius, top of his class, blah blah blah. He sees something that is obviously not raw ore, and he knows he didn't give them the capability to smelt like ore. And he goes, mm-hmm. eh, "Good enough for me." And he just walks off. Like, he doesn't go, wait, that doesn't make any goddamn sense. How the hell? What? He just goes, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course you would smelt it for me. Yeah, that smelter I didn't give you. Sure. Yeah. This is why this is why this movie won worst script at the Razzies. Like, I'm sorry, uh, Corey, yes, Corey, Man- Corey Mandel, Corey Mandel, Corey Mandel. That was his name. That was his name. I want to be sure that I got that right. Yep. Sorry, Corey Mandel. But I, I figured, I think he said that they the you know production company interfered with it allegedly so take with that what you will so yeah we get more fake mining johnny and johnny is sitting around a fire they only have seven days to take their planet back johnny's like no no, no. we cannot use rocks and sticks it's not going to work if we revolt inside the dome they'll have to go after us inside the city but then we blow up the dome carlo will you do it once the dome blows more aliens will get transported down here we don't let it get there we're going to blow up their home planet, um, Texas. We're going to Texas to find answers, which, you know, in war times is yeah, is a fair answer. I was about to say, that's, you know what? <laughs> that's the first sane thing they've said. They just go, oh my God, we need, we need large amounts of weaponry. We need, we need to be prepared for armed conflict. <laughs> you go, Texas, that's the smartest place to go. Texas. Uh, either Texas Absolutely. or Florida. So the, Florida's oh, got Florida's got gators and crackheads. <laughs> well, not anymore. They're just crazy <laughs> dangerous. Yeah, exactly. So now we transition to Fort Hood, Texas, where they find a shit ton of tanks, guns, jets, and shit that all just kind of miraculously work after being untouched for thousands of years. And they also Max, have a oh my simulator God. that I guess they're just going to train in. Yeah, the power grid works. The power grid works, too. And... 
all of these things are fueled and powered and ready to go because the already notoriously reliable Texas power grid just was is assuredly going to last for over a thousand years. So a bunch of shirtless cavemen looking people start loading up weapons and keep repeating this, the phrase piece of cake over and over and over again. But now Johnny's working on a fucking nuclear bomb and is just fine with it. <laughs> you know, radiation reacts with the planet's my atmosphere. My, my man's is handling a damn demon core. Dude. Like it's a freaking like it's a freaking can full of like it's a trash can that's full. Like he's like, oh, whoa, whoa, ooh, Butterfingers. Got to make sure we don't spill it. What did he find like the fucking anarchist cookbook? In the fucking he's like, he's, No, he found the one notebook from that one Boy Scout who made a nuclear reactor. Oh, God. <laughs> so one guy, Mickey, says, I'll do it. I'll take the nuclear bomb to the planet. And Johnny says, you know, but I want. OK, sure, whatever. So back with it. He <laughs> loads up more uh, gold blocks and some frozen coffee. So back with John Travolta, he loads some bunch of gold blocks into some frozen coffin. Let me transition to. More humans being held captive. Johnny is here now and is talking to Forrest Whitaker. Johnny tries like he's trying to talk some sense into Forrest Whitaker. He knows about the recordings. He wants to trade the disc for something. But Forrest Whitaker threatens to to shoot, and they start passing the this disc around. And Forrest Whitaker is like, "Okay, you want to trade? Let's trade." So now the humans are free. The collar bomb is off of what's her name's neck, and they have a very tender moment. And now we're with uh, Forrest Whitaker and Travolta. Travolta enters this room <laughs> while Forrest Whitaker watches the tape. And, you know, Forrest Whitaker's like, listen, 80-20 is a fair distribution of that gold if I get the 80. And he laughs. And Travolta's like, ah, you're finally learning how to get proper leverage, which is really beginning to sound like a personal trait. It's, this talk of leverage. It's, I, all it's, that leverage. I, I swear to God. He says, take a... D- if you're if you're drinking to this movie, take a drink whenever he says the word leverage, because God bless this man says it too much. But yeah, he sits there and is like and is like proud of him. He's like, oh, look at you, little squirt. Yeah, leverage. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> like gives him a thumbs up almost. Listen, my go to drinking rule with any movie is like drink whenever you feel like it. And with this movie, oh, you're going to be drinking a lot. You're, oh, you're yeah. going to be drinking mm-hmm, a lot. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Travolta can't shoot Forrest Whitaker because he made a copy. They all laugh. You know, they're playing games. Then Travolta pulls out the head of the bartender who was the person with the copy and then shoots Forrest Whitaker's hand. And Forrest Whitaker's like, okay, I fucked up. Then and Travolta's <laughs> like, goes, meet me at a teleportation pad soon. Then we go back. He goes, yeah, yeah, that's my favorite. Forrest Whitaker's like, all right, lessons learned, lessons learned. Hands up. I confess that was me. And then John Travolta's like, I'm not going to kill you, but come on. And he just just pulls him along. So back with the humans who have escaped their prison cells, they're getting ready to go to war. Now they're all entering the dome, prepping for war. They also have a shit ton of dynamite. Johnny gets into a fight with two aliens. All the humans are doing guerrilla warfare on the aliens, using their weapons against them. The shooting has triggered the alarms. Now the aliens are prepping for war. It's just a fucking madhouse. The humans are breaking Mm -hmm. glass. Johnny runs in slow-mo through some debris as these aliens shoot him as like these horribly cheesy, heroic music plays. Oh, yeah. Over the top. But Travolta's in his ship. And gets some radio and is like, not now. I'm a little busy. As the humans riot in the streets while the aliens fucking 
walk slowly through this dome like they're literally, I don't know, shopping at Publix or some shit. It's, they're marching. They're marching like they just like it's Black Friday and they just got a just got just got the deal of the lifetime on the horizon. They're in, ham is ham's half off and they're ready to throw throw hands for it. <laughs> you know, I thought you said hams half off and i just imagine them just like with a, just a just a bunch of like just like two fully just like a, a big ass thing of ham just walking around yeah, exactly <laughs> it's they literally they literally have those like like in the uh look like at the cart like the flintstones cartoon where they have the giant like ham on a bone <laughs> but they got they're walking around with two things of that so Carlo has set the explosives, but he's got company. Johnny enters a communication room, enters the communication room, but gets shot at. Carlo's getting shot at by a ship, but he misses with a fucking RPG that has a homing missile on it and blows up a ship, but didn't account for the other ship, except he's got backup and it's like caveman Han Solo that and these cavemen are driving jets this movie makes zero fucking sense how the hell do you learn to pilot a jet in a week what the fuck the the cavemen these cavemen are fast learners not only did they did they have one week to learn how to pilot a jet from not from oh i know how to operate a car but as in i don't know how to read (laughs) and now i know how to fly a jet it's and they also source gasoline which i'm assuming hasn't been pumped in thousands of years they got the doors to open for whatever place it was being stored like there's so many holes in this movie's plot this movie has more holes than the movie holes with shia labeouf shout out my man zero uh back with jay uh johnny sorry he gets cornered except he's not because he shoots them easily we get more rioting more aliens just fucking casually walking with hams no they don't have hams up with the jets though just kind of floating there which mike i'm no aviation expert but can can jets just kind of like float like that i I don't i again i've only seen i've only seen the original top gun so i'm so i'm not I'm, i'm i haven't brushed up but i feel like i'm pretty much an expert so uh no I don't think they can. I think jets are kind of a continuous motion sort of thing. I don't uh, think they just stay there. Uh, anybody in the Air Force uh, want to confirm that for us? Just uh, just let us know. So um, it's a dogfight between the human jets and the alien ships. Whereas like, you know, Top Gun's like really exciting. I'm just so bored by this. I don't care. How can this movie really, make a yeah. fucking dogfight boring? I'm, I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. I had my I had my watch on. I have like a smartwatch and I just out of curiosity looked down at my heart rate and my heart rate was five, was five BPM above my resting heart rate. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, come on. The movie gave me that, that energizing. Like it's just, eh? It, it, it doesn't give you shit. So anyways, one jet fucking sacrifices himself by hitting one of the alien ships back with Johnny. They got this nuclear warhead. He gives it to Mickey who hobbles towards the teleportation pad and Johnny starts to get it prepped when something's not quite right. Color's trying to rush him, but the aliens have arrived with Carlo. The aliens see the explosives. They're trying to destroy the bombs. Johnny calls for them to blow, but the teleportation sequence gets interrupted by John Travolta. Of course it does. Unplugging it. 
The explosions above were detonated, cracking the dome, but not bringing it down. But back with Travolta, he monologues over the PA and is just like, happy hunting. Why is his voice so high pitched? I have no idea. So the humans are on the back foot now. The aliens are um, executing the humans left, right, and center. Carlos in his ship, and he just fucking runs headfirst into the dome with the ship he's piloting, which fucking it's, breaks. He it. just, yeah, he just decides to like go full Grand Theft Auto and just just jacks Jackson's freaking ride, and then just rams it into the ceiling. <laughs> he's just like, yeah, why not? And that doesn't even do the trick. He's just fucking hanging there, um, and he sees like some fuel and explosives next to him. And he's like, oh, I'm going to blow up the dome. So he grabs his bazooka, aims it at these the explosives, and says, piece of cake, one last time, which they only really established it was his catchphrase, like, I don't know, maybe like 20 minutes ago. And it yeah. just does not <laughs> then, carry any weight. That's great. That is great that he sits there and and utters his final words. And it's supposed to be this weighty moment where you're like, oh, my God, there he goes. Our boy. Carlo? Uh, but Mickey. Mickey? Mickey? There we go. No, it's Carlo. Never mind. No, Mickey's down. Okay, okay. Mickey things. But yeah, point, point. My point's been made. But <laughs> it's like, and also he just pulls out a rocket launcher, like just out of his ass. Like he just goes, he just goes, oh, cool. There's explosives there. All right. Yoink. And he just pulls out a freaking RPG. And you're like, Huh? Oh my where God. did you get that? Well, but no, 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 Mike. Listen, listen. I know that's where you store all of your most prized possessions. So I mean, it feels very natural that you know Carlo just did the same thing. Absolutely. I, 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 I got I have. I've got. I've got my. I've got my groceries. I got like. I got my bike. I'll just. I'll just <laughs> crammed up there. It's like a. It's like a cavern. He's got an ass like Mary Poppins' purse. It just kind of fucking keeps on going. Absolutely. I'm. Li- I like that one South Park episode where it's just where that where that gay dude just has like Paris Hilton in his butt. <laughs> so yeah, um, the humans retreat. The dome is collapsing now. Um, but down with uh, Travolta, he's still alive. He initiates an extermination sequence as he holds Johnny hostage. Then Johnny stabs Travolta in the shoulder with his knife, and he has visions of his girl and attaches the collar bomb to Travolta's arm, and they have a fist fight. The teleportation, you know, is arrived. Travolta's like, where's my gold? And Johnny's like, in exchange for my girl's life. But then Johnny blows up Travolta's arm, which allows Mickey to be teleported to the alien planet to blow up the nuke, which causes a planetary wipeout on the aliens. R.I.P. to Mickey. I think that that's was his name. So the next day, the dome is collapsed. Johnny stands tall. He talks with some of the remaining humans. He kisses and hugs his girl. The day is saved. We transition to one of the forts with gold. I don't fucking know. This movie's almost done. So Travolta's being held hostage. It's by Fort G- Norks. Fort Norks. Fort Norks. <laughs> is that the new Fortnite update? So uh, Travolta is being held yeah, hostage yeah. by Johnny. He, you know, he's being kept around for leverage so johnny monologues to travolta basically uh, travolta is not wanted by his people anymore and then travolta laughs is like oh you were too dumb to realize kill them and we see forrest whitaker is alive but forrest whitaker gives johnny his gun he fixed the gun and forrest whitaker laughs at travolta now you know he's allies with the humans at least now travolta finally got his gold and then travolta just stands there in a room surrounded by gold and we transition out and that's the fucking movie oh uh, fuck that me. was a fight 
That was a fight. I had to pause. I had to pause oh. it a couple of times while I was yeah. watching it the first you, time, and exactly. I just had to sit down and just be like, "Okay, let me go. Let me go. Let me go take a walk, to clear my head." Dude, <laughs> and then I checked in. Dude, and I was, absolutely. And I checked, and I was like, "Oh fuck, I'm only 20 minutes in." Dude, I literally had to take a break. I literally paused, closed it, and went. I gotta take a lap for a second. I just gotta take a quick lap. And then just circle back to this baby because, oh, my God, this is getting out of hand. Yeah, I can really see why this was one of like the classic bad movies. Like just look at like the acting is atrocious. Like Travolta really wanted this movie to be made, but he did not give me that performance I was looking for. I'm like, dude, you were in Pulp Fiction and Face Off only like a few years earlier. You should <laughs> you should do better than this. You shouldn't be like fucking. You should know, do you do right off. by Nick Cage. Do right by Nick Cage. <laughs> what would Nick Cage do, um, John Travolta? What would he do? What would he do? <laughs> that's that's the question that I think we all need to ask ourselves. So, but yeah, the the screenwriting, the script was just not good. It, it I don't know what happened in the process, but Dan, like it, it just was not well written. Like. Johnny or whoever his it name really was wasn't. had all the charisma of like a plank of wood. The he decision- really did. He really did. Well, the- also, also I'm going to jump in as well. It's like, not only did he have z- like zero charisma, he also looked, he also kind of gave, he was just a bland protagonist. Also on top of that, there's no development or change in the characters. Mm-hmm. Like, We've go we've done all of like the angles and like everything looks bad and like talks bad and the plot's bad, but like the characters don't change. Like mm-hmm. no one changes for better or worse. Everyone starts out as they are. Like mm-hmm. as you you can look at your the characters and within the first 30 seconds, your opinion of that character is a hundred percent correct from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Like and it's no fun. You you're, you want your characters to change. That's half of the fun. You watch them grow. It's, but all right, whatever. Yeah, and, and, you know, speaking of those characters, dude, it feels like no one in this movie was given direction. It's like, it felt like the director yeah. just like plopped them in front of the camera and said, here you go, act. And they responded with, well, okay, well, what's the context? And the director was like, I don't know. Figure it out. However you feel, meet more. Like literally, <laughs> and it's not like the Reno nine one one curb your enthusiasm, go for it. Where they where they were all trained in improv, mm-hmm. and they're just going, yeah, just improv your way out of it, man. You got point A, you got point B, you got point C. Go fill in the details. It's like literally, they just kind of went, uh, mine for or. And they're like, okay, what's the context? And they went, you're you're mining. That's it. Like, it's it's so vague and unhelpful. Like, yeah, this again, guys, I say if you are a bad movie fan, you need to see this movie. Like, there's yeah. no way fans are butts about it. Uh, Mike, where would you put this on your movie marathon? So it's it's weird because I'm going to put this as a mid number. I'm going to put this as a number two, but I want to clarify my reasons. This is bad enough to be a number three. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Without a shadow of a doubt, this is bad enough to be a number three. This is right there with Avalanche Sharks. The worst of them. Like I Avalanche Sharks is the quintessential number three movie for me. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'm basing it off of that. But like. The. 
the problem is, is that the action isn't enough to where you can giggle at it and go, ha ha, pretty colors. Ha ha, character do silly thing. Mm -hmm. Ha ha ha. It's things, things occur that are remotely subtle compared to that sort of unga bunga brain. Mm -hmm. So I'm putting this as a number two. You Mm -hmm. can still just look at it and go, oh my God, everyone looks so stupid. Oh my God, they just said a really stupid thing. Ha ha ha. But you still need context to what they're saying. Mm -hmm. So I'm making this a number two. This is a number two movie. Realistically, if you have to watch it, make it a number two movie. If you don't feel like you need to watch it, do not. Yeah, no, seriously, do yourself a favor. And if you're not a bad movie fan, if you don't want to know what John Travolta was up, was doing in like the late 90s, early 2000s, maybe don't watch this movie. But if you're a bad movie fan like us, you definitely got to check out Battlefield Earth. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, dude, I mean, that does it for... This episode of the Messed Up at Midnight podcast, John Travolta Month, continuing strong. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we're really, really looking forward to uh, to the rest. Of, well, I say I say we're really looking forward to it. But with with the, <laughs> the, ne- the next couple of movies, with the next two movies we're going to be covering, I'm a little nervous, a little nervous. I, I, think we're, I think we're over the hump. I think so. But we'll fingers crossed. We'll, 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 we'll have to wait and see if we can get through this movie or. I don't fucking know. Be left crying on the side of a road. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll we'll see. But anyways, yep, that does it for this episode of the Mess of Midnight Podcast. Go follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. You guys know the deal. And uh, yep, stay up to date with what, what all we got going on, including any celebrity months, any future movies. And uh, yep, that's about it. Mike, do you have anything you want to add? Um, Dave Miscavige, this was all a parody and a joke. We in no way mean to incriminate your business. Uh, we wish you the very best. Please do not sue us. Please. It, it, I feel like if anyone's suing us, then I mean, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> we have no money. <laughs> we have no money. <laughs> and like, why come after us? We're, we're literally just two dudes with fucking <laughs> snowball microphones sitting in our apartments. We're we're power. We have we're, we have we're, we're a voice, Max. Yeah, <laughs> we have generation. technology. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. We're the voice of a generation. All right, guys. Well, we'll see y'all next week. See you next week, everybody. <laughs>